Welcome to Stories from a Shower Singer with your host, Tony and Emma. Welcome to episode 6 of Stories from a Shower Singer. Do you love to sing in the shower? If your answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. In each episode, we interview fascinating people from all walks of life about the joy and healing powers of singing and creativity. We also invite you, the listener, into an intimate jam session with our guest and teach you their favourite shower song so you can sing along with us. So lather up. And let's sing. Hello listeners, we are up to episode 6 of Stories from a Shower Singer and we have the legend Tim Gaze on. Hey Tim. Oh, g'day there. Tony. Okay, Tony and Emma, how are you? Hello Tim. Hello, it's so good. good to have you in the studio, it's in f- Tiny Dream Studios. Yeah. It's lovely to be here and um, I feel uh, very uh, honoured to be invited. Thank you very much. It's, oh, it's fantastic. It's... Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, good on you. Both. Listeners, Cheers. let me tell you a little bit about this man. Tim Gaze has enjoyed a long career as one of Australia's preeminent guitar player vocalists. He formed his first band in 1966 when he was just 13 years old. And by the time he was 15, he was playing professionally in one of Australia's first progressive blues surf rock bands, Tamam Shud. <laughs> Is that right, Tim? That's right, Tim. <laughs> Since that early start, Tim has had a diversified career here and overseas, both recording and working live with artists like Rose Tattoo, Jimmy Barnes, John Lord from Deep Purple, Russell Morris, Brian Cadd, Renee Geyer, and so many more. And more recently, with The Fabulous Green Machine, featuring Noosa Mayor, Bob Abbott, and Tim's own band's GGC Blues Experience and the outro. Tim has also played the major music festivals in Australia, and he's also a busy session musician and has performed with groups like the Queensland Symphony Orchestra. He is also an ARIA award-winning songwriter. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, Tim is also my, was my guitar teacher as well, and that's how we met, through his beautiful wife, Kath, who is in our choir. Yep. So. So. What a what, what, haven't, you, what, what, what have you done? Who haven't oh, you played with? Oh, yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been fortunate to, to work with a lot of great people. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and and still am uh, uh, here and there, which is great, uh, along with teaching, and uh, which I've been doing now for quite a few years. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I'm still loving my music when I when I when I can get get the luxury of actually getting to spend time on it in between those busy times. Oh, that's um, the hard thing, isn't it? it Finding it is the, the balance to sort of it is more so to these days. Yourself, right? Yeah, it's true. Mm. It's true. And uh, it was even a point I was thinking the other day. I was talking saying to Kathy, you know, I look, you know, I still want to get this thing I want to do next year with this, and it's just, um, uh, gee, I haven't recorded anything for a little while. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, mate, you know, it's like well, you've, you've you've got to organise the time, and instead of just, it's different than it was a few years ago. It's busier now with other things, yes. so I go, I don't just yeah. sort of meander into the studio and just sit and go, oh, well, it's like uh, there's other things. It's just become busier in other areas, I guess, but that's Absolutely. fine. 
time organization, I guess. In those busy, you know, it's You'll like make it happen. It's like at this point in life, it's like busier than it's ever been. So it's, Which it's is, crazy. Really. I mean, that's mm. a pretty amazing thing. I guess know? it is in a way. That's, yeah. that's it's a good problem to have. It is. I think it is. But Tim, can you take us right back to the beginning and tell us how you became interested in music and playing guitar? Were your parents musical? Uh, well, they love music. Yeah. That, that, my mum and dad loved music that, a lot, uh, and they had a record collection. Mm-hmm. Which was great, and uh, it was kind of it was it was pretty diverse, and, and it was in the age when so we're talking about fifties here, mm. when I was because uh, I was born in fifty three. So when I was five or six, I mean I'd already, I played the lady next door had a piano. So when I was five, I was introduced to a piano, but not formally. She just for some reason the door used to be open, and I used just to walk in and play the <laughs> piano, and she, that was. And she had fruit trees and stuff. And she was okay with that? Yeah, there was nothing much said. It was, I can't really remember. It was just like, that's, that's how I got into That's how the piano happened. Um, how beautiful awesome. is that? So that's it was so pretty, organic. pretty wild, yeah. Mm. And I remember that uh, pretty, pretty well. Mm. Um, but I guess uh, mum and dad's music, uh, they, they, I can remember different things like from Harry Belafonte to, to Eartha Kitt to... Um, different to Hungarian Rhapsody folk music, like which is like intensely melodic, wow. and the instrumentation. Of that. So I think, uh, and, and classical to, to, to a degree, because Dad really loved Bach. Mm. Bach was his favourite. He was passionate about that. Mm. And uh, so across between Mum and Mum and Dad, you know, that, that there was a wide appreciation of music there, and I guess we we're fortunate to have the vinyl records and radiogram and. So that's Absolutely. where I first heard stuff, and I still I can remember now. You brought it up. I'm sitting on the sitting on the ground in the lounge room, and looking at looking at the record labels. There was mm. something about sitting holding a record, a vinyl record, and looking at the label at the centre of the record, because they're all different shapes and colours. Wow! So it was like. Wow, what's this one? And Coronet, some of them were eight-sided and some of them were circular and so They had, that was like part of it, I guess. And Mm. it's kind of sad now in the age of, you know, more digital music that we miss, we miss that. I really miss, for me, it was CDs and, and, you know, looking at the little, um, the slip on the inside, the little booklet and going through the lyrics and like analysing the lyrics and looking at the pictures, that was such a big part of the experience for me. Mm. But we don't do that so much anymore. Unfortunately, mm. no, people no. don't seem to have the time or the, you know, some of that, some of that album art was just fan- absolutely oh, fabulous stuff. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so many different, and even in, with the rock stuff too, I guess from the, later on, I, I mean, then a lot of photography back in the, in those, in the 50s, a lot of photography and mm. colour photos and, and, a few, and, and art and drawing and different things and even sketches. I remember that, I remember that, that cover of that uh, Hungarian Rhapsody album, which was a folk music from Hungary. Um, that that was all sketches. That was all pencil mm. sketches on the cover oh of of, of uh, you know d- folk dancers. Look, I'm not talking about folk dancers skipping along. I'm talking about really vibrant, mm. uh, full movement stuff like ballet, almost like that. Wow. Like uh, really, really energetic stuff. Mm. Yeah, just that sort of connection. Those those connective things that. Brought you into the music as well. That all forms a memory for me, which yeah. is which is really strong. Yes. Mm. Not just listening to the music, which is great, but that was all part. It all seemed part, part of it. Of so it. those bits took up those timelines that we 
take up with other things now, I guess. Oh, you could, you so could say, great. I guess, in a way. Not sure about that. You know, that's how I choose my wine. I, I get drawn in by the label. Do you? you like that? Okay. Yeah. It's a really important part of the process for me. I, yeah. I've got to like the label. <laughs> yeah, the label. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, it's like a lot of that stuff now these days. It's like sometimes I just second guess myself if I've done something. I go, oh, maybe I should have said that in that in that email, you know, because yeah. I, I can just go back and do that. Or I'll sit on it. It's a different way of communicating now. Yes. It's like... Mm. Whereas uh, in the old days, you used to write a letter. I know. You had one go at that. You had one go at it. You wrote the letter. You did that, and you did what you said, what you thought was right. Then you posted it. Now it's like I'll say this. No, that's not going to be. Rub that out. No, delete that. No, I'll come back. "Mm, That doesn't quite travel. That doesn't scan. I'll just change that. No, I I didn't mean this. I actually mean that. It's and it's a bit like the recording studio (laughs) process as well, isn't it? Like in the in in the old days, like even recording on tape and. and when I recorded with Dad, the little mini mini, mini disc, mm, like yeah. you kind of had one go at it, and he had to mix because it was like four tracks that we were mixing on, and he had to mix as we went. And but these days, you just get so many goes like and so much tracks. space to second guess yourself yeah, and change and. You're only stuck by, like, how fast your computer is, basically. Right. <laughs> That's it. That's so true. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, it's all, and, all that control you've got over it now at all stages of the, of the game. Yeah. It's, um, it's so different. Yeah. So so you started on piano. Well, that, yeah, the first instrument, I guess, I played, yeah. When when did the guitar the come guitar into The guitar came that probably when I was about nine. Wow. And, and uh, I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll tell it again oh, for Please do. And this is terrible, really. Oh. It's not really. It's not really. Uh, my, uh, my elder brother, Rick, is um, a fabulous bloke. Um, and so he's the one I blame on a daily, <laughs> a daily basis. <laughs> he, um, he actually had a guitar. And he had a guitar back then. when I, it, 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 The first guitar I think he had was a Framus nylon string. And he liked the idea of playing it, so he used to play it. And... I kind of must have heard bits and pieces of it, but I didn't really do anything about it. Um, uh, he started going to work, so uh, so he was seven years old. So when he was about 16, 15, 16, he started going to work in the day. And I'd come home from school and I'd be looking for whatever to do and there's the old guitar in the cupboard. So I go, ah, why don't I just take it out of the case and have a look? I guess it was like that. So I used mm-hmm. to take it out of the come home, take it out of the cupboard, take it out of the case, have a bit of a muck around, put it back in the case, put it back in the cupboard. Did you know you were doing no it? problems? Like in secret, ah. <laughs> no problems, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so thought I. <laughs> everything, everything was going along swimmingly until my eleventh birthday. And my brother's going, "Happy birthday, well, thanks for recording." He said, "By the way, I know what you've been doing." And I went, "What? What can you mean?" I know you've been taking the guitar out of the cupboard, out of the case, and been playing it oh. without uh, without me knowing. And you know, I know that you've been doing it. And I went, well, you, you got me there, I guess. And he said, well, you know what? He said, I don't play it anymore, mate, so I'm giving it to you for your birthday. Here you go. Oh Happy birthday, brother. Gosh. Just like that. Wow. Which blew me out of the water. So uh, it was really fantastic. And that was, and that was the beginning of me sort of – that was like a green light in a way because – there were other things in my life as a kid that didn't get a green light, mm. and so yeah. or find, if, like a lot of like all of us, I guess, trying to find out what you should be doing or whatever. So mm. that was part of uh, you know 
a really helpful thing for me to be sort of. I thought, yeah, well, this is this feels. This is what I, I like doing. This I like sitting here playing this guitar and I like listening to mm. music. And that, that's how I sort of started listening to the radio and listening to records and starting to play self-taught guitar. Just completely yeah, pre- self-taught. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The, I, well, we had a little bit of music at school, but mm. and I tried lessons once, but the rebel in me sort of poo-pooed the lesson thing. Yeah. But I also think, see, which is so different from these days because now, like teaching now, there's so many resources for students mm. and, mm. you know, whatever you want. I, I always say to my student, you know, um, you know, well, what do you like listening to or where do you listen to your music, how do you listen to your music and what do you, what kind of stuff do you like? And as soon as a song comes up or a title, it's like, boom, I'll find it straight away. And so let's let's have a look at that then. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, we did in that those, in our in, in those days it was like, um, yeah, that's right, that's mm. right. In those days it was like... Here's a textbook, A, B, C, D, and I just went. Oh, look, I, this might be important, but it's not not flat in my boat. I was just, I was starting to listen, listen to things like, um, you know, uh, Earl, I guess the Animals, and but mm. there's a lot of people out there. I reckon whose first song on guitar was "House of the Rising Sun" by yes. the Animals. I reckon, <laughs> but of people of my age, whatever. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I and, and in those days there was lots of live music everywhere, lots of venues, mm. uh, lots of opportunities, lots of bands playing, and and that's what I wanted to do. I said, Mum and Dad, I got to leave school. I got to go. And, I want to go and play music. And they said, Well, you know, you're picking a really hard road, don't you? I said, Oh yeah, I guess, but I just really want to play. Well, they were right. <laughs> they were yeah, right. look, it is a but, hard road, isn't it? But you know how. You've you got to do it. Yeah. Well, when you've got the calling, you know, you know, when you've got that that urge to connect with others through music, you can't it's ignore true. it. Otherwise, it's it's, I feel like it's damaging for your soul if you ignore that that call to, you know, mm. to I've play. always thought about doing it, it, other things. Like, what if my career took me in a different pathway? Like, I love, you know, computers and I love, mm. like, a variety of things. But mm. um, I always think, like... It's almost like I didn't choose music, but it chose me. Like I, I can't, mm. I can't really think of anything else that I would like to be doing. Even though, you know, there's there's upsides, but there's also a lot of negatives in terms of like scheduling and working on weekends and you know not having time off and not having paid leave and all this kind of stuff. But then I always come back to like, what else would I be doing? And if I was like, you know, doing an office job, like, would I be happy? Probably not. So I agree yeah. with you. That's good. Good yeah. to hear you say that. That's great. That's yeah. that's true. And that thing I saw sometimes you don't. I might do a gig for a couple of weeks or more, and I'll just start going. Oh, you know, cast going. You haven't done. You know, you're doing. Yeah, you, you need to go and play. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and I don't see it. I don't see it. I just start wow. bumbling around or doing this stuff, and she goes, "Yeah, you, you need to play." Oh. And I go, yeah, that's right. It's, if you, you miss that, it can change you. So it is. It's it's um, it's integral to your, your well-being and your really and is. just your about whether you, whether whether your well-being is right or wrong or whatever it is, but to yourself or whatever it, that's got to be. Um, mm. The playing part of it, that musicality part, and I'll do a gig after something like that. Or I've had a play. It might it might have even been a gig somewhere that's just out of the way. It doesn't matter. But I got to play through some songs, and then I just go. Back in the car or something, I just go. Yeah, I'll drive it home. And go. Oh, that's, gee, that's good to have a play. I feel, oh, yeah. I feel good totally. after doing that. Sure. You know, like sharing myself. it. You know, yeah. yeah, sharing it with people or whatever, and yeah. just doing that thing. It's like just doing that that it's function. So you know, it's a, true. Like speaking of well-being, um, what song do you like 
to play the most. Specifically, what song do you like to sing in the shower the most? Oh, a nice when you seg- need... segue there, Tony. Well, yeah, I'm, nice, I'm usually, nice. I'm usually, it's uh, usually a bit very, clunky, very but shower. poor at segues. That was a good one. Oh, that was, was nice. It? That was, was lovely, was quite smooth. smooth. A plus? A minus. We've a- still... Why, why not? Oh, look, I think we, we, we need, <laughs> you know, room to grow. It's, it's important. But oh, an A minus is. I thought I'd I was going to had a nice bit of soap on it. I slipped across the. I like that. Bubbles. 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 No, no, no. That's the old joke. Where's the soap? Sure does. We won't go there. But anyway. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, can you please explain no, that? No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm well, not going to Oh, dear. Gonna, you can work that one out for yourself. Okay. We'll talk no. about that later. <laughs> no, that's interesting. The, the, uh, so what's, yeah, favourite song? Well, favourite song that you sing? Uh, I had to think when, when, when this was put, uh, this, the, uh, the idea of the, talking about this was you guys put this to me a while back. I thought, yeah. oh, this is tricky. I'm going to have to think about this. And, uh, and and he said, yes, it'll, it, no, it's all right, it'll come to you. I'm, like, no, no, no. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Okay. And, and finally I sort of, it did, it did kind of come to me. And it came to me in a way where I thought uh, this could be good because it, it, it can connect with other things. So, um, mm. um, and because of... Uh, Possibly, I think, I don't know. I'm a bit of a morning... See, a lot of people are night people and stuff like that. I'm a bit of a morning person. Me too. I like the morning things. I like yes. People say, no, no, go and do... If you're going to do something, can't you go do that in the afternoon? I said, no, well, I like doing that kind of stuff in the morning. Mm-hmm. I feel better in the morning, whatever that is, that get up and do it. And I like sunshine, so whatever. It's mm-hmm. the morning sun, whatever. So I guess when I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, well, if I'm having a shower in the morning and then I could... Uh, this is interesting because I could sing a song about not the morning, but the but, but a song about late at night. Mm. That comes to me early in the morning. I go well, that's, so that helped me decide on which song I would put and forward for this. Tell us which song. It's a song that was actually written by J.J. Cale. Okay. And it was recorded by him. It was also recorded by Eric Clapton. Right. And. Eric being one of my lifetime influences from the very beginning. Mm. Uh, it's a song called um, After Midnight. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. And it, for some reason it came to me and, I, and then other things came to me and I thought, well, because of all the, the idea of... Uh, I thought the lyric content could be sort of... A, 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 uh, it's a nice thing to sing because it's kind of... It can be kind of... It's a, it's a bit fun. Yep. It's a bit fun. So it's not hardcore blues or anything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about people having a good time. Um, and it, it's also got um, other vocals in it as well with people singing. Mm-hmm. Some gals singing through there sure. and people doing backing vocals and stuff like so that. So we'll teach our listeners so, a few of those a bit later on. Sounds good. So I thought, you know, this could be a good thing, a good, a good one to put forward because, um, you know, um, you can get lost singing in the shower. But not the, <laughs> not with this one. Um, <laughs> well, we, we, late a bit later on, we're going to jump in the shower and have a little sing of, yep, a little of jam. after midnight. But before we do that, I just wanted to ask you a question. I'm so mm. curious, Jimmy Barnes. So you've yeah. played with Jimmy Barnes. I have. And and there's an amazing there's this, quote here mm. that Jimmy Barnes um, is describing Tim. Can I can I read it out? If you like, I, yeah. I, I, I think it, it. It, it blew me away when when he said that. I, I uh, it, it humbled me uh, greatly. I didn't expect to. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah uh, uh, blew me away actually. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing. It's a, it's an amazing quote. Well, it it goes like this. Tim Gaze is and always has been one of the best guitarists that Australia has ever produced. I remember seeing him in the early days with the boys from Cold Chisel and we were all blown away with his taste and feel. Years later, I was lucky enough to get to play with him in John Lord's band. We became friends again and I immediately asked him to join my band. We have worked together on and off ever since. He is a great player and a great friend of mine. I cannot speak highly enough of him. He is one of nature's true gentlemen, but not only that, he can make his guitar sing like an angel and scream like the devil. He is truly gifted. I love Man, that so much. So that good. Quote, That's pretty like overwhelming. Sing like an angel, scream like a devil. That's amazing. Talking so, about screaming like a oh devil. Oh my god! Yeah. He definitely can scream like a devil. He sure can. Can you can you can you tell me, um, Tim? Mm. Um, so I've, I've, I've heard a bit about uh, Jimmy Barnes' vocal warm-up and uh, I've heard it's like he's, you know, skulls a bottle of vodka and screams for an hour or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Of that. I, 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 I didn't work. I, I didn't Spill the beans. Spill the beans. He's... I can remember seeing um, uh, being backstage down underneath the stage at Festival Hall sitting through um, while... We'd already we'd already done a support for them uh, in Brisbane, and they were doing their last stand shows. It just just brought this back to my memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing the last stand shows. That must have been that was at 80, 83 or eighty six, eighty three. So at Festival Hall, and and the band we ha- I had then was the Aussie Rebels, and we were down. We'd we'd done the support. I think we were downstairs, and and that was when I you know I remember seeing Jimmy down because he, he had been doing a song up up top of doing a performance and then he'd be coming downstairs mm-hmm. and there was a, the odd bottle of vodka <laughs> at that stage <laughs> getting handed around and um, uh, probably a few other things that don't come to memory right now but, <laughs> but not, not, not him so much or whatever but, but just um, yeah those days were pretty colourful. Right, <laughs> um, of course. But um, uh, l- later on when I was actually working with him, we were talking about, I was actually working with him. And uh, getting to know him again, and 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 and, and re- seeing him work, and realizing what a pro this guy this guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, that because that, um, you don't, you might, you know, you think something about people. Unless you really know, you can have, you know, you can have thoughts, or, 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 or you know, you might have ideas or whatever. But um, until you get to work with them, you don't, you know, you really find out what they're like. And that, I was, I was. Um, to a point, you get to find out, and I was—I was—I can remember sitting in the uh, sitting in the dressing room one one time before we went on stage, and I was just sitting there doing something. I'm not sure what I was doing. What I've been just sitting there texting or doing something, and the next second I heard this rumble from. I heard this thing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. It's animal. And, and this was like this, and it was started down here. <laughs> and it just went. What like, was this escalation? It went, this huge yeah. sweep of sound of of uh, frequencies from low to high, right through the scope, yeah. the range, and it was so loud and scared the crap out of me. I jumped off my chair. Yeah. I said, what's that? That was Jimmy doing it. That was Jimmy doing it, oh a, was Jimmy doing it one of his warm-up things. I could not believe 
the amount of air that guy was moving out of that, the, the volume. Yeah. Was just a not, and I we've been playing pretty loud gigs, yeah. and I was still kind of, you know, cause I battle with really really loud stuff on stage. Mm-hmm. These guys, they, yeah. they love working loud, mm-hmm. so I was, you know, I, I was getting around that as, as well as I could, uh, with with big big amps and stuff. I, think I mm. was using the one hundred watt hundred watt Marshall and a and a fifty watt Fender basement with two cabs. It was pretty wow. chunky. The monitors across the front, in ears as well, mm-hmm. and side fill. Those that was. A lot of volume, oh, but him doing that behind me was as loud as, if not at that range, it was as loud as, if not louder than any of that stuff. Oh, so God. that blew me. That stuck with me pretty. I thought the, the amount of work and you know, training he's done on his voice is pretty amazing. And I don't know a lot about vocal skill stuff, but I know that you know he's obviously studied that. To a point, that is He's got an amazing voice. Does he ever sure. lose his voice, or it's just solid? I he never he never loses it when I was working with him. He never ever lost his voice. That is incredible. Uh, He's like one of the uh, one of the few performers that still to this day sing everything in the original key that he wow. like has already always sung it as a young it, bloke and. Yeah. The the songs that he sings are like incredibly intense and screaming and high and just yeah the vocal um, stamina and Indeed. strength that he has is is amazing to be able to keep up. It um, is. And yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of vocal skills, we recently both. All of us mm. performed at a, a wonderful garden party. That was terrific, yeah. Called Pauline Roche the Musical. And the, the way that came about was uh, Pauline was one of my students and she was doing a 10-week course with me and her goal was to essentially write a musical about her life using songs that she loved from her childhood up until the present day. And Tim played an amazing opening set, just him and the guitar and singing. And you have the most beautiful voice mm. and mm. your songs Thanks. are extraordinary. When mm. did you start songwriting? Had you always been a songwriter? Uh, no, I wasn't always. No, that's a, a nice for saying that. I was going to return that compliment to you guys for all the hard work you did on pulling that show together because I saw the amount of work you did with all the music that was put together with the other players in the band as well as besides uh, you, Tony, and you, Emma. Um, all the work that went into that was just, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so pro. It was, it was really great. It was such a pleasure to see that happen. Oh, and I just thought, you. these people are working really hard to make this. And it's great. And, and uh, to support... Pauline with what she was doing, however that was going on or whatever, however that came about, but uh, I thought it was great, really good, oh, really great you. effort and thank a lot you. of, thank that you. was wonderful stuff, great playing and singing, yeah, it was really, really fan, beautiful evening, yeah. It was oh, a beautiful man. evening. It was a really great outcome. I and reckon. the sets yeah. complemented each other yeah, so absolutely. well, everybody was and just commenting about how, that it, people were completely blown away by you. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so when did you get into that um, songwriting? Songwriting. I started. I started looking at doing some songwriting probably early times. Um, I'd been. I'd, I'd been playing guitar. I guess since you know, in bands since I was about thirteen. So I was playing bands, and by the time I'd gotten to, uh, so I guess one of the first songs I wrote was. Um, when Tamam Shad got an opportunity to do three songs for a soundtrack for a surf movie made in Australia <clears throat> called Morning of the Earth. So, that, and Lindsay, who was the main songwriter uh, for Tamam Shad, was writing stuff. And, and I put a song together 
I'd started putting a song together. And it was a, and it always, it's always struck me. It's a bit James Taylorish. It's mm. a bit, and it's even got a line from one of his songs that's similar. That as far as having a friend goes, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But that's okay. I, 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 I forgive myself for that because I was young and only starting out, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> so I started probably started writing um, late early. 70s, I guess, late six, early 70s, I'd say. 71, mm. 72. I started thinking, yeah, I want to put, I want to do some songwriting. It was almost a thing like, oh, should I be a songwriter as well? Should I be writing mm. songs as well as as playing guitar or should I just be playing guitar? I wasn't quite sure, mm. you know. I wasn't really singing that much then, so I only started singing at that age too, really. I, I wasn't... I was singing a little bit. No, no, I was singing a little bit before that. Yeah, but uh, but the singing side of it and the songwriting side of it didn't be- become more of a, a thing I wanted. I um, I got into that more gradually as I went on. Mm, I guess you could say. Yeah. I always into the guitar, but that came a bit later. I guess. Wow. So I've been yeah, sort of. Mm. And where where can up. listeners hear your music? Yeah, well, I guess I've got to get a bit better at that. Burn an old fart. I haven't embraced the the digital realm stuff that. Uh. I sort of have in a way. I, I, my stuff's on my stuff's online. It's on it's online. It's, it's up on my website. You can people can get it from there. Or they can hear stuff there. Is that timgaze.com? It is timgaze.com, yeah. Go there. Um, You can hear a a selection of it there, but also, I mean, you can can hear more recent stuff and uh, live performance stuff on YouTube. I mean, it's there for just... I find all that stuff very hard to control myself these days. Oh, it's it's very time-consuming. Yeah, it's like you've got to to, uh, spend a lot of time in the digital platforms right. these days as well as not only just play or not only play and write and do all that but you've also got to consign a, a, what half your time yeah half that time to um pl- uh, digital platforms and media unless, platforms and promotional things i guess unless you're lucky enough to have a team of people who can do that for you which well that's yeah most people well, don't we don't <laughs> <laughs> most people don't have that luxury no, that's you know? very true and um yeah it's so. an, yeah well, go to timgaze.com, check out his amazing music. music. Mm. Oh, thanks for that, yeah, yeah. Tim, could you tell us a, a little bit um, about your guitar playing style? I mean, we're going we're gonna to hear it, we're going to hear it in a bit, which is going to be awesome. I can't no, wait. Um, I, you know, I, I, I love There's your... only three chords, isn't there? No, no. <laughs> and what the are the others? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm amazed at your guitar playing. It's like I would I would love to be able oh, to play same. like you do. You're you're a master of the instrument. Mm. Well, I don't you, know about you, master. You are, you, and Tony you, and was raving. You're so about humble you as well. You're yeah. so humble, and it's it it I, I love it. But you're well, you're an amazing you. guitar player. And you're mm. just the the lead lines that you're doing, like you're playing, like you're supporting your vocals. You're doing the song, and then you're chucking in these little lead lines and doing like all this kind of. St- that, I, I, you know, blows my mind, you know. But okay. can you yeah, tell, tell me a well, little bit about your style or your influences? You said Eric Clapton before. I did in the... Thank you. Oh, thanks, Tony. That's good. Um, I, yeah, when I was starting out, I, I, I wanted... When I first heard... Because uh, I... And I say this story before because I came to the blues and the style of that playing. I came, I came to it arse backwards because that's where... 
people like Clapton and uh, and Peter Green and those guys, people in those days, got that style from was from the African American guys that were playing that had been playing before that, mm-hmm. people before that, and I, me being, you know. Middle, what would you call it? Middle class white Aussie. <laughs> in those days, I don't even know if that's politically correct, but it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody bogan in bogan. <laughs> uh, okay, what do I know? I'm just hearing this guy playing, going, uh, uh, "What's this? How's he on these first cream albums like Fresh Cream stuff? How's and I'm not the only one, obviously. How's this person making this guitar sing like this? How's he making these woo notes work? How's he getting that?" And, and and it's funny because I had heard earlier stuff and didn't twig in the... My old man even told me about people like a, a clarinet player called Johnny Dodds in the in the 20s that would... And you can hear it, in, even with Akabilk or any of those players, you get the, the melody lines being played and they've got vibrato and all that. So really, a lot of the instrument... A lot of the melodic things that happen with instruments are, 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 are like the voice. They, they sound like a voice. So we're mm. getting that from the vocals. So that's where we're starting from is the singing. Wow. And you'd be, you're obviously aware of that because of what you guys do. <laughs> so you're emulating, I guess, mm. is that emotion, the emotive part of a voice. So that's what got me was emula- doing the emotive side of expressing uh, um, melodies through the guitar and learning through playing techniques, how you could do that. Mm-hmm. And what the, one of the first things I wanted to try and learn was how did he get this thing where there was this like a bend in the note mm-hmm. and then a vibrato. So it was a bend yeah. first, then a note, like when you sing and you go, ooh, like that. Yeah. He was doing that on guitar. I'm going, how's he doing it? And I'm sitting there one day, and I can remember I'm going, sitting there, and I've gone, He's not down there. He's up here, and I hit this thing. I just hit this note on the, I think, on the fifteenth fret, on the on the B string. Guitar players will know that. <laughs> and I pushed, I pushed that up. I played that, and I bent the string, and it went, and I went, that's it. That was a eureka moment. I went, that's what he's doing. Yeah. That's it. I found. So once, as soon as I knew, as soon as I could match that up with what he was doing, I knew I was in the ballpark. Yeah. And I knew that's what he was doing. So from there, I just sort of bit by bit branched out, I guess, and left and right and up and down and just explored. Because in those days, we had time to explore our instruments. You could Mm. sit there for two hours or more and sit on the coffee table listening to music and Mm. getting the record and moving the arm back and and slowing it down to 16 instead of 33, which dropped at a perfect octave, thank you very much. So it was all very slow, but it was in tune. Yeah. So that we had that tool in, yeah. we had that tool. We could so we had those kind of tools uh, that we could work with if we, if we were lucky enough to have a radio, a record player. I guess so. From that, I started learning. That's how I started learning and listening and learning the technique and what what guitar players were doing with it and how the bending and the vibrato and the, that kind of stuff. And then I guess it was just speed after picking up the speed, which is. Got its own set of problems, as other people will tell you. <laughs> I uh, I remember one there was a, a um, and it was good advice too. Uh, I was working with a whole bunch of people, and they're they about ten years older than I was when I was about I was about eight and nineteen, I think it was. And it was um, um, I don't have to say who it was, but 
Tell us I could, I guess. Yes, oh, no, I will. Yeah. I will. So I was, it was a guy called uh, Warren Pig Morgan, who was a keyboard player with uh, Billy Thorpe. Gotcha. And I was working with him with uh, with him and uh, Ronnie Peel and um, uh, Johnny Dick and those guys uh, in John, John Paul Young's band. And so oh. it was back, it was a long time ago. And uh, and they those guys used the to see people it. you played with. Bloody it's hell! Nutty, it's nutty, yeah. no, no, but there's a story. But there's a, the, the, so that and they used to sit around playing cards and stuff. And you know and and and, and I go, well, they, oh, I don't do this. I'm, I don't know what they're doing. They're playing cards and shit. What am I doing? <laughs> anyway, but 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 they'd have the years under their belt, so they could say to me, you know, like I think Warren said to me, "Come on, man, what are you doing? You know." You, yeah, you're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of this solo stuff. But yeah, man, we get the rhythm chops, man. What about rhythm? Come on, what about you? What about you know, or, or something along those lines? Uh, you know, and, and I'm thinking, at first I'm going, oh, what, what are these? You know, what are they picking on me for? <laughs> but they weren't picking on me. They were they were wising me up, and I wow. all I had to do was start real, put my ego in my back pocket. Mm. And start listening and realizing that these guys were coming from a good place, yeah. trying to wise me up, because they were, you know, because they were, they had patience with me for some reason, and I, <laughs> and I did. I was a bit troublesome, I got to tell you. <laughs> so I can't I'm, imagine I'm, I'm that, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, th- I'm thankful that they did, and I'm thankful for moments like that. Uh, and there's probably wow. been too few of those where where, I, where you turn around and actually go, mm. I'm really glad that happened because mm. that, that made me think about that and take it on board. And because I was like that, I was mm. I was just you know an excitable lad mm. blah, 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 running off at the mouth with guitar all the time, brrr, a million miles an hour, <laughs> you know, and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't control. So I had to you know, and and you learn that stuff, and I learned that stuff backwards as well. And you come to think, and then you see, and you come to, you realise that really the, the rhythm, and, and then, I, I, then I realised that after a period of time, or even now, I guess, that rhythmic, the rhythmic aspect of all music is, is, the, is your linchpin. Mm. It's your linchpin and your basis, even with solo playing or whatever, it's all timed rhythmic, how you use rhythms across other rhythms, and they all tie in rhythmically, rhythm's the key. Yes. And so I, I, and I, I I had the ability to tune into the rhythm, but I didn't have the ability to to, to use it as a foundation f- for what I was trying to do. So I didn't mm. know how to join it again. Now it's a bit, I feel like I've got a bit more connection with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, you know, you know, people like you know, like Malcolm Young, and the rhythmic aspect is so important. Yes. You know, oh, linchpin of the band, like holding that stuff mm. together. Totally. That's what it was. And he knew that stuff then. In those days when I only met those guys a few times, but, you know, and I had no idea of the importance of the formulas that they were putting together, you know. Uh, anyway, look, I could go on for oh, that. It's yeah. just a rave, I guess, but that's, 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 I guess that's how you learn. I feel like that's Absolutely. like um, the uh, trajectory of a lot of young players, you know, um, First, get learning a lot of you know chops and stuff, yep. and then thinking that that was the be all and end all. Mm, yeah. I know I was in that place when I was um, learning drums as a mm. young drummer. I used yeah. to. The thing that really blew me away was playing fast and yeah, yeah. playing all around the drums and yeah. playing as much as possible. And then I went through a sim, you know, similar um, things that you went through where the band members were like, "Can you just like play a beat? Can you just like keep yeah. it keep it steady?" Yes, I was, you know, going in and out of time. I was playing too much, and yeah, um, I, and I feel like so many 
so many guitarists. Well, um, one that comes to mind, I think I've, um, I remember a video that I watched on YouTube. It was John Mayer, uh, and he was uh. he was playing with I don't know whether he was playing with BB King or Eric Clapton, but anyway, this wow. is when when <laughs> when he was and when he was really he was he was younger, younger man. Um, and the thing that really I really got from that was like, oh wow, he's playing really fast, a lot of notes, yeah. and he's he's yeah. got amazing chops. But then, and then it would come to you know BB King solo. And then he would just like bend a note, you know? <laughs> and he would yeah. just play these lines that were like perfect. And you know, it could be on a record because it was just it was just like a, a voice singing. And yeah, then it probably had a lot of heart. It had, as well, well, right? it had the heart. That's all from yeah. the heart. Exactly. Yeah. The heart. That's where he was sitting. That's right. And a lot of people might have looked at that and went, "Oh, John Mayer's playing more notes. He's the better guitarist. He's better, yeah." But yeah, yeah, no. on the flip side. The you know Eric Clapton, BB King, these guys that they have you know spent their whole life playing guitar, and they've you know come to the conclusion that it's not how many notes you play; it's That's just right. making it sound good, making it come from the heart, from the soul. And even Eric Clapton, maybe um, I haven't I haven't um, looked into Eric Clapton probably as much as you have, but I've I've noticed from listening. To him, over the years, he used to play a lot more. He did. He used to, you know, be like a chop monster and just like burning across the guitar. But now it's just everything's very considered, very thought out, very mm. from the soul. It's like a voice. Considered is the, yeah. is, the, is the thing. Look, yeah, that's very true. That, mm. That's very true. I, I agree with everything you're saying there. Mm. And it's mm. like I try to say to, um, I, if, if you, when the opportunity comes up, I say to someone, I say, well, so how, how can I play some, how can I play some blues things? And so, so I start them off with a bit of framework so yeah. they're, they're, in the, they're in the similar good place where they can start. That's like starting points. The middle and the end point start the middle. And the end. It's like you, I try and I end up as I'm trying to explain these things in technical terms or whatever. I end up talking in terms like think about how you're saying something to somebody, mm. think about you're telling a little story, think about saying a couple of words at a time, start. Say your words and then finish your conversation. Things like that, and mm. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking, mm. wait a minute, this person thinks I'm an idiot. They don't know what I'm trying to. What, they're trying to learn guitar, and here I am trying to tell them about. But that's what it is. It's expressive. Yeah. It's expression. It's it's considered that word you use. Considered yeah. is, is is what it is. So those someone like you know BB King will be playing a a note, and I heard that my mate Craig Claxton. Uh, uh, guitar brothers talking about it one day. He said, "Yeah, that guy's worrying that note like crazy. They're worrying the note. <laughs> so he's on there. He's got that wow. one note. He's got that one note going. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going. He's worrying that note. All right. He's going to worry I it like in the next that. year. That's so uh, things like that those expressing, you know, a single note and yeah. putting one note where it needs to be. Because I think that's that's also the part of guitar playing or, or playing music that I like the most." Mm. Is being able to be spontaneous mm. within the within the within the vehicle within the frame of the music or whatever. Um, that's what does it for me. Yeah. Where I can, I, 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 but but at the same time, I respect players that can also stick can can really 
read great, can can perform music, and uh, especially reading, because I'm not a great reader, and I get really uncomfortable when I'm with really good readers. I freak out a bit and go, "Oh fuck, because I can't <laughs> read that," and and, and and all of a sudden, I, I'm the I'm the odd one out. I'm the odd oh one out, going, "Geez, um, I, I can I know what it is, but I can't read that great." So I got a lot of respect for people that can do that, right, and I right. see people because they can do that, they can pass those skills on to students and people, and that's really important. And that's the thing where I had a knee jerk when I was a kid and didn't go that way because I thought I'm going to be a rebel and I'm going to do play rock and roll because that's going to get mm, well. There's been quite a few opportunities that got missed because of that. Yeah. You only know that later, but that's what happens. And I tell people that. I tell right. students that. They say, oh, I don't want to re-. So, look, reading's really important. Mm. It's very rare to find someone who has both of those skills, though, who have, uh, you I know, who, who can read beautifully and then improvise and have a, an amazing ear and, mm. um, you know, play with such feeling. I, I always think it's very rare to find someone who can, who, who does both, yeah. right? Yeah. That's good, but that's but that's kind of they kind of join up. If you can get them to join up, it's good, I oh, guess. Absolutely, but, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the spontaneous side, I guess, is uh, that's that's the rebellious side of me going. Yeah, well, this is what I want to do. Mm. I want to do this. I want to play like this. And well, yeah, I'm glad going, oh, you yeah, did well, that. You shouldn't be. Don't, you need to be going. You need to be doing more like everybody else is doing. And I go, <laughs> yeah, well, I can't. I've tried and I can't and I end up getting in trouble. So if I'm going to get in trouble, (laughs) I might as well do what I fucking well want to. Yes. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad you went down that path. No, (laughs) no. Well, at times I wonder and I go, uh, you know, but then at the same time you you, you try to learn other things as well to support what you're doing. Oh, of course. Absolutely. um, I guess that's the passion. That's the passion part of music, I guess, is that side of it. With anything that you do, you know, but... um, I, I don't know. I guess it's having that. Mm. Well, I want to yeah, hear. Well, I want to hear some of this guitar playing and singing. Do you think it's time, geez. Tony? I think it's time. But I think it's time to uh, get in the shower. No, actually, before we get in the shower, we should probably um, think about some harmonies. Yeah, let's let's teach our listeners some uh, some harmonies so they can sing along at home. Sounds good. So let's start by learning the high vocal harmony. We start on the note D and we have three notes in this phrase, but a few lyrical phrases to learn. The first one, we're saying what it is all about. And it goes like this. What it is all about, what it is all about. And it comes in as like a call and response. So with a response to Tim's melody. So let's do that together. Two, three, four. What it is all about. What it is all about. Fantastic. Now the next phrase, we sing after midnight. And this comes in uh, after Tim sings those words. So it goes like this. After... Oh, and I should say, we are singing in a slightly American accent. So instead of saying after midnight, we're actually going to say after midnight. So three, four. After midnight, after midnight. So let's do that together. Three, four. After midnight, after midnight. Fantastic. And the final phrase that we have to learn is... Shake your tambourine. And it goes like this. Three, 
four. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. So let's sing that together. Three, four. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. Beautiful. Tony, are you ready to uh, teach some lower harmonies? Take it away. Okay, so we're going to sing the lower harmony now. And the lower harmony is on three notes. They are G, B flat, and A. Okay, so first of all, we're going to sing the phrase, What it is all about, what it is all about. And the timing for that is one, two, three, four, one. What it is all about, what it is all about. And then the next phrase that we sing, and this is the phrase that we sing the most, is after midnight. And we sing, sing it with the American accent like this, after. And it goes, after midnight, after midnight. And then the next phrase that we're going to sing is shake your tambourine. So every time Tim sings shake your tambourine, we are going to also um, echo that. And it sounds like this. One, two, three, four, one. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. Okay, so they are the three phrases. Let's go over them again. So the first one is what it is all about. Let's sing it together. One, two, three, four, one. What it is all about, what it is all about. Let's do that one more time. One, two, three, four, one. What it is all about, what it is all about. And then next phrase is after midnight, after midnight. Here we go. One, two, three, four, one. After midnight, after midnight. Let's sing that again. Two, three, four, one. After midnight, after midnight. And then when Tim sings Shake Your Tambourine, we go like this. Two, three, four, one. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. Let's do it again. Two, three, four, one. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. And that is it. All right, well, now it definitely is time to hop in the shower and uh, make some music. So, um, Can you turn the tap on, please, Tone? Okay, I'll turn it on. Here we is go. that all right for you, Tim? The water pressure's okay? I like, yeah, yes, no, yes, no, yes. That's it. That's it. Thank that's you, it. That's it. We've hit the that's spot. That's it. Very good. Terrific. Okay. Comfortable. Awesome. Comfortable now. Fantastic. Here all we right. go. Satisfaction, we're gonna find out what it's all about. What it is all about, what it is all about. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang down. After midnight, after midnight, after midnight, we're gonna shake your tambourine. Shake your tambourine, shake your tambourine. After midnight. It's all gonna be peaches and cream After midnight After midnight We're gonna cause talk and suspicion We're gonna give an exhibition 
We're gonna find out what it's all about What it is all about What it is all about After midnight We're gonna let it all hang down After midnight After Absolutely magnificent, oh, Tim. No, thank you so oh, much. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for um, helping me do that. That was really good. Oh, it was nice to talk so with you. It's fun. been an well, honour like to have you here. You. Thank you so much for inviting Absolutely me. Honor. And I think you guys, both Emma and Tony, ever since uh, I'm, I'm pretty new to uh, what you call community choir things. Is that what I'm yeah, learning about yeah. that? But. Um, but what I've experienced so far and what I've seen, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. I reckon it's great what you do. And, I, you. and I think it's fantastic. And I've seen firsthand how it's helped um, family, yeah. friends, and how the support helps people feel good about what they're doing and gives them a voice to be able to express music and to have people like you supporting people like us is a wonderful thing. So thank you very much. Thank you so Thank you, much, Tim. Go on, yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you. You've been listening to Stories from a Shower Singer. If you like the podcast, please rate it, subscribe, and share with your friends. Stories from a Shower Singer is brought to you by Emma Dean, Tony Dean, and Corinne Bazajic of Cheap Trill. Until next time, stay clean. Stay clean.